Callous Rose is a girl blessed with a gift from above, or cursed with a ruthless power she barely understands. It's really just a matter of degrees. As her family life is turned upside down, she is thrown into the indifferent social services program where she defends her life the only way she knows how. Callous has moved from home to home until she finally settles at the Lowry's. As her first day of school starts, she meets both her favorite and least favorite person. Both happen to reside in the same household. Mindy Denton makes it her single mission in life to destroy Callis, even as her brother Kevin falls deeper into love with the mysterious and beautiful girl who is hiding something from them all. Find out in Callis Rose. This is the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. Welcome, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? Amazing. Good. Great. We got some familiar faces back on with us, and we got one new one. We got Mr. Robert Johnson. Uh, I love your music. Big fan. Why don't you, uh, <laughs> I've been waiting to do that joke all day. I'm like, I hope he gets it. <laughs> yep, I do. I use it. I use it a lot when I'm introducing myself. Robert Johnson, 1930s blues player. There you go. Allegedly sold his soul. We can't prove that, but great, great music. Great music. All right. What, uh, what part of the country history. are you from, Robert? Say again. What part of the country are you from? I live in Florida, and but I'm originally from Texas. Oh, but see, I, I did this just in case, uh, you know, Mark jumped on. I got my Yankees cap. My wife's a big Yankees <laughs> fan. So, yeah. Very sorry to hear that. <laughs> I hear Boston in your voice. Oh, yeah. There's wicked Boston in my voice. So it'll go away once yeah. the show officially starts. But uh, yeah. No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> it comes out. It comes out. So, so you're like really, really hot right now in Florida. Oh yeah, I, but it's I like Florida. And Texas is hot. That's why we moved here. Couldn't make up its mind on what degree it wanted. But you know, Florida. I like Florida. I really do. The weather's great. You know, we're down here in the middle of. You know, I like it. We're about twenty minutes from the beach. So there you go. So all right. So everybody's got their callous rose hats on tonight. Correct. <laughs> So yep. is is this the only non mic book that Mark has? Because I've pretty much read almost everything, and I'm thinking to myself, BT's in this, but Mike doesn't make a cameo. He's not a crossing guard. Like, there's nothing. Not a school counselor. There's nothing of Mike in this book. Am I am I correct? This is the only one. Yeah, I think, so. I think yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. So and I mean, I get is Mike in more than I only think Mike's in like the first part of Tim, the first Tim. He's not. Is he in the rest of them? I'm trying to remember. No, he's not. Actually, you know, good point. He's not in two and three. Yeah. So, so and I, I guess if you're going off of that, he's not in uh, distance one and two. Or two. Yeah, he is. Oh, no, I guess not. not in but one. In yeah, he was in three. Yeah, so okay. Yeah. All right. So for the purposes of tonight, uh, the Chronicles of Michael Talbot is the Chronicles of Books by Mark Tufo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the book starts off. I just wrote it down, and of course, I closed the page out. So my name is Callis Rose, and I was six years old when I discovered I had a gift. And this mm-hmm. gift is in the shape of telekinesis or the power of suggestion or whatever you want to call it. She can manipulate people to do what she wants just by thinking about it. And she doesn't realize that she can do it. She's at the playground and she's playing with the kid and little Jimmy stole the ball because he's a son of a bitch and his mother doesn't care. Mm -hmm. We've all seen these kids on the playground and chances are one of us was that kid on the playground. Um, Yeah, exactly. Uh, and she tells him, give me my ball back. And he falls off the swing set of the jungle gym or whatever it is that he's on. And he just goes stone rigid. Mm-hmm. But Callis got her ball back. And she doesn't understand it. But her mother's starting to see as the book, the, the, the beginning of the book progresses that something's going on with her. Something's up with my child. Um, yep. What would you guys think about something like this? If this is, let's say, 
everybody had a little six-year-old girl and, you know, six-year-old girls and, you know, teenage girls, as we'll find out, are mysterious and they can be real sons of bitches. Um, how would how would that affect you as the ladies on the panel? Summer, we'll start with you. What, what Would that freak you out or what would you do about that? Absolutely. You know, I have two girls. I mean, they're 25 and 27 now, but um, yeah, when, it, when they do something, when they're little, they did something like I remember one time a bullying incident that my daughter was part of. And I mean, I, mama bear, I just went nuts on my kid. Like, this is not the type of person we we're not the mean girls. We're not this, that's as I'm being the mean girl to the child. <laughs> um, but holy crap, something like that. I, jeez, I don't know. You know, as I'm a recovering Catholic, so probably all these things like exorcism <laughs> would be coming into my mind. <laughs> Yeah, the power of Christ compels you. Yeah, exactly. Right? I, I would be like, "Holy, we oh, we need to find Jesus or something." <laughs> Amber, what about you? Uh, well, I am uh, I'm anti kids. I really don't like too many kids, but I would say that I think I'm very spiritual, and I think if I saw that my kid had some additional abilities, because I think everybody has their own special types of gifts, especially if they tap into them. The fact that she naturally, like my first mindset, the fact that she naturally has a gift, I would automatically teach her responsibility for it. Because like already as adults, we're responsible for our own actions. And I think at six years old, it's like you're responsible to share, like you're um, you're supposed to share your toys and stuff like that. Like you have consequences to your actions. And I think that that's something, if I would have noticed that my kid did something like that, and I'm like, hmm, I would definitely be digging into it a little bit further to see what it's, because she seemed like a good receptive kid. Like she would listen to her mom and respond to her mom and everything like that. She wasn't scared about what she did. Mm -hmm. So I think I would go, straight to like trying to nurture it and making sure she understood the consequences of what her gifts are like with with great power comes great responsibility the whole 110 percent, 110 percent. because it starts to develop a little more and then they notice it again they go camping and she can control a bear which That's is the bear part i would have been like yeah okay i'm definitely <laughs> not tripping yeah <laughs> Yeah, that was, but the dad thought he got the bear with the whatever the coat hanger thing that he had. It's like, yeah, no, dad, you didn't get the bear. Sorry, sorry, buddy. So, is this the same bear from the other books? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it is. Um, but yeah, but she starts to develop these powers, and then uh, her mom's friend comes for a visit and she's got a little son of a bitch of a son, and you know, he's always wild, and the kid. She did, usually I have, you know, I, I have, I want to say I have a, a two small children. I have, I have a 23 year old and an 11 year old. And if the 11 year old isn't making noise, I wonder about it because we got the ages of iPads and things like that. So kid, the kids are upstairs playing and it's quiet and hope, um, Callis's mom and her friend are like, it's quiet. What's going on? They go upstairs and they just find uh, the little kid just sitting there, rigid at the table, the same behavior that the mother has seen in the past. And he's not making a sound and he's just drinking, fake drinking his tea. And Callus is making him drink his tea and he's just smacking himself in the face with the little teacup. And then finally the, the spell breaks and he freaks out and he wants to go home and wants to get out of here. And that's when the mom, I think, really understood what was going on and what she was dealing with, with her child. Yeah. So actually, Carol, I forgot to ask you, I apologize. You were so quiet down there and blended so nicely into your background. Uh -uh. Uh, <laughs> what would you do as a mother? If you saw an instance like that? I'm kind of along with Amber that, you know, you okay. You have this gift, but it comes with tremendous responsibility and definitely want her to learn that before the hormones kick in mm -hmm. because then they're like out of control um, yeah. yeah where it can be a great gift but it can also be extremely dangerous which is what we see happen in the book mm -hmm. um and i think because there was no guidance she had to figure it out on her own and was just you know our minds wander of what we would like would happen but mm -hmm. we don't have a gift but she she doesn't realize that she has a gift and till later too late yeah yeah 
and the too late is that the mother notices that the dad favors callous and he's giving her everything that she wants and he's spoiling her and he doesn't understand why and she uh-huh. callous has a conversation with him where she says dad I'd, I'd really love an ipod you know like most i think she was 11 year olds want they want an ipod back then this is 2000 you know mark wrote the book back in 2013 but you know going by that callous was you know ipods were popular back then and mm-hmm. she's sitting there and she, all of a sudden she freaks out and she knows something bad happened. And she comes crying to her mom. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. Didn't mean it. And there's a police, there's a knock on the door and there's a police officer at the door. And the police officer is officer Tynes. And I was like, yeah, yeah. hopefully <laughs> it's BT and not like an off other officer Tynes, but it was BT mm-hmm. telling the, the mom that the dad was in a car accident. He pulled a U-turn on the highway and got slammed and died instantly. And the mother, bang, she instantly knows what happened. She knows that Callus put something out in her dad's mind. She's had reservations and and, 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 uh, assumptions about it. And she knows right then and there, bang, you killed your father. And that is kind of where the 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 fit hits the fan and uh it it starts to go awry what was uh-huh. everyone's reaction when that first happened were you thinking to yourself oh wow this book's taken my my first reaction was shit this book just took a left turn in albuquerque where are we going with this cuz i knew absolutely nothing about this book i didn't read the yeah, back did our- i just knew we're going to do this book on the podcast this week I got to listen to it. You know, it looked like a goth chick on the cover, but as we know, Mark doesn't make the covers. That's from the, the, the publishing house. So I had no idea what this book was about. So Amber, uh, you were just going to say. I don't know. I think when the mom spazzed out, I didn't think it was going to be that serious. I'm like, hey, like I stood, like you went straight for murder. Like she just saw red and was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, was like <laughs> I was like, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. Know. Yeah, yeah. I, I get like a I get like a beating and everything like that, whatever. But damn, she went straight to killing your own child, mm-hmm. like just like that. Damn, I've never seen a movie where a mom just spazzes that quick to like that was yeah, it was intense. It kept me hooked. Yeah, she laid hands on, she put him around her neck and uh she started the choke and finally, you know, Callus does the her Jedi mind trick and says stop. <laughs> and the mom stops. Uh-huh. She calls the cops, she calls 911. BT comes back to the house and puts Callus in the police car and you get the nosy neighbors and everybody's coming out trying to figure out what's going on. And I was hoping BT was going to take her in at this point, but I I didn't quite know what was going to happen. I didn't know this was going to kind of be a a foster kid story. It was the, the, the book to me, what it's, what I liked about it the most was it, it, it took a left turn and it didn't stop. Mark mm-hmm. put his foot on the gas and it went. And kept on fucking boom. going. Jesus and, Christ. Yeah. And I said to myself, like, Mike, people are like, didn't want to read Tim thinking Tim <laughs> was bad. Like you get to the it's end like of this real. book and you're saying to yourself, holy shit. Teenage girls are mysterious and evil as hell and even when you get to the bus scene in the beginning it's kids suck you know yeah Yeah. and i know kids like mindy denton i hung out with kids like that and i didn't realize that they were being like that because when you're a kid you think they're being funny and then you realize it afterwards and it's you have that scene from billy madison where you're steve buscemi and and billy's calling everybody saying i'm sorry i was wrong to you in high school you know, when you have that, I'm glad I called that guy moment where he comes in with the gun. And scratch the shoot killer. Yeah, you think to yourself, who did I piss off? Who was I a jerk to when I was younger uh, <laughs> that I wanted that to is a- and apologize? So, so funny thing. This was actually, I read this book. I, I, this is, to me, this is one of his best books. The way he writes and the way, I mean, the way he, I mean, he, anybody, you know, he does such a great job at the comedy and stuff like that. When you read his other books and when you read zombie fallout, you know, you read those books, there, there's some comedy that he just gets and 
How he gets it in words, I have no idea. But he can literally, people drive past me and watch me laughing in the car. And like, <laughs> what is it? One guy asked me, like, what the hell are you listening to? So, but this book, I mean, to me, is one of his best because he opens up. I mean, you really understand how this girl feels because, I mean, I work in the foster care field. I really do. I mean, this is, and, and you'd be surprised. Remember, the meanest kids on this, meanest people on this planet are kids. Kids are mean. They mm-hmm. are horrible. And I took, I think, I think he really got that. And he really expressed how some of those, some of the children that are moved around to foster care, because believe it or not, I see it a lot where kid parents throw their kids away and it, it breaks my heart. But to see somebody actually write that and to get that out of the writing, to me, to me, this is one of his best books. I mean, it'll have you crying. I mean, I, I literally, I was like, oh, my God, you know, I mean, at the end of the, you know, because you feel for this girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, as she goes through these, you know, different foster homes or she goes through this whole process and, you know, she regrets what happened to her dad. You know, I, I think instantly when it happened, I think she regretted it. And I think what's sad is, I think, my, you know, mom handled it the way she handled it. But I mean, to me, I think this is one of his best books. The way he, the way he wrote it, I mean, it's just, it's a powerful book. It, it really is. I mean, this is, I, I really, did. I think this is him proving that he is one of the best writers out there. I think he runs, I think he makes Stephen King look like a fool. I mean, I, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I, I, I really do. The I, thing about this one really is, it is, like you said, it's just, it is so realistic. I, there are so mm-hmm. many things that touch way too close to home for me you mm-hmm. know and i it was just the other books you know it's that's not really reality but you love them you get lost in it but this just it struck too many chords in real ugly life mm-hmm. growing yeah. up and, and, and those sort of things so i mean it was really i how a i don't know how old he was when he wrote this but how an adult male could write in this book with such a girl's mind it just uh, that really impressed me i i gotta say personally for my part i love that she was able to protect herself in those foster homes mm-hmm. like the fact that it is very common like everybody know, like with the with the possibility of getting um molested or raped in these foster homes like you hear you've seen lauren or as for you like it's all over there and they say consistently she's such a beautiful young girl and everybody know like honestly i expected her to get abused and then her just be a, like a complete eliza in the book you know what i mean like that's kind of where i expected the story to turn but the first time when she like when she killed the first kid I was I wasn't mad at it at all. I said, yes, this you do your thing. Like I love that. And the fact that she was able to actually like genuinely protect herself throughout the book, like I it, it, it escalated. But the fact <laughs> that she had that level of protection, you know what I mean? It's like it 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 kept on becoming awesome and it just kept me hooked. Cause I'm mm-hmm. glad she didn't use like that. You know what I mean? I didn't want to read a book like that. You know what I mean? And it was it was out of left field. And I'm just like, I fucking love that for you, sis. Like keep it up keep it up mm-hmm. Aaron you just read this right the other day oh, yeah. you said yeah what was your yeah I've been did I've you been know going what to church it was about since. when you read it no no dude like I fucking completely out of left field I'm like <laughs> driving down the road and I'm like dude like five minutes in you know she's talking she, her mom walks into the room she's like Callis what are you talking about she's like I'm sorry mommy and I was like oh, okay and then BT walks in and then mom loses her fucking mind. I'm like driving down the road going, damn, yeah, <laughs> damn, off the fucking rip, dude, for real. You were going for the throat, Mark. Shit. Okay, let's see how this goes. And it just, I'll tell you, dude, I've like, I've never been so uncomfortable reading a book, except I've, maybe there's one more like House of Leaves by Mark uh, Daniel Lewski. That one's will kind of fuck you up a little bit. But this one, the entire time, like I'm reading it and I'm like, 
I'm mean, driving in the car by myself and I'm like looking like people don't hear like this dude's about to molest this girl like I'm, I'm gonna fucking fast forward a couple minutes because this is uncomfortable like this and then just some of the um, you know how the people acted around callous like mm-hmm. it was uncomfortable to be around it was almost like watching that smile movie again where everything just every frame just makes you a little more uncomfortable and you're like ugh, <laughs> ugh, stop ugh, just quit yeah 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 Carol, you've read this before, right? You said yes. Yeah, I've what read it-, it a few times. And my husband listened to this one with me. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. The newbie. How's he doing? The with newbie. Them? Yeah, because we're only on book two of Fallout. And we listened to Spirit Clearing and we listened to Callus Rose. Yeah. And I don't I don't know which one he liked the best, but he liked Callus Rose. He was hooked. You know, like I'm like, okay, we gotta stop it. I gotta go to the bathroom. Well, can I keep listening while I'm like, <laughs> no, like you're gonna wait till I come back. Um but yeah, he he was definitely into it, and it didn't. Did it shock me? Maybe a little bit, but I just really liked the twists and turns that he made with this. I liked the power, like Amber was saying, that Callus had to protect herself was mm-hmm. great because we know that the kids don't have that up. And and it makes know. me also wonder, like, where did Mark get his knowledge from? Where did that Where did that come from? Yeah, because the foster care system isn't, um, you know, it's not perfect, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And Nowhere. as you know, I, I I personally know somebody that was in, you know, foster care, and they turned out to be, you know, one of the most amazing people I've ever known. But Callis gets tossed into three three different foster homes before she gets to her last one, and you know, the the first one was with uh, Mrs. Uh, what the hell is her name? Mrs. Templeton where she mm-hmm. uses them as, you know, first uh, forced child labor. Yeah. And that's where Levitt was. And Levitt was an older boy. And, you know, he was obviously disturbed and had bad tendencies and comes at Callus with a knife one night. And she tells him to get out. And he literally gets out of the house, walks outside and gets hit by a car by this poor Who kid. Felt that just got his that license. Couple? I felt so bad for that couple. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's about to get some ass, and all of a sudden, some little fucking nine year old oh, yeah. gets plowed over in the road. Yeah. Damn, ain't nobody getting laid in that dude's life ever. And he just <laughs> got his license. The kid in the car just got his license, right. and he's driving uh, up the park with his girlfriend, and he ends up killing a kid, running him over. It's like, oh, okay. forever. Yep. Yeah, it definitely took away from like, you don't really care that that Levitt got killed. It was like, oh, oh, it's poor people that just poor killed kid. him. All yeah. Right. Kid just wanted probably to the only time you're sympathetic with like the, the killer and not the killie. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. And then she goes to uh she goes to Mrs. Renfro's house, who is a drug addict. You know, mm, a bad drug, a bad drug yeah, addict. Like a heroin addict. Like, why would you put a kid? And she says it flat out to <laughs> Danny, the the, the social with caseworker while he's dropping her off, you know. Give me my check. My connection's going to be here in a little bit. Like, my sister's trying to adopt a kid, and she's got to jump through fucking hoops galore and thousands of dollars she's spending on all this shit. And this lady can get, you know, three, four kids living at her house for 500 and get paid 500 uh-huh. bucks a pop to have these kids. It's like, it's, it blew my <laughs> mind whenever she said, yeah. My fix is there and she's biting her skin and she's peeling off her nails. I'm like, I've seen people like this. It's, you know, you don't want them crossing the street, never mind watching a kid that's already got a troubled past. Mm-hmm. Like it just, this book, I know Mark said when he, he re- wrote the spirit cling, he had to step away for a little bit because that messed him up. Like that messed me up. What did this book do? Because this book mm-hmm. messed me up. I listened to it three times since thursday uh it's a short read it's about like eight nine hours and if you listen yeah. to it on 1.6 playback i can get it done in, in, a, in a day of driving and i listened to it three times and each time was a little more intense it hit me a little mm-hmm. differently every single time and i'm thinking to myself whoa you know how did i miss this the first time and it's just it's it's an intense book if if like I, I posted it today. I said, don't judge a book by its cover. This book is more intense. I think, like I said, like I think that Tim, people that said they had an issue reading Tim because he was a misogynistic and everything like that. 
Callus at the end is just a stone cold killer. But she's. Pushed. But I still wasn't mad at it. I still no, wasn't. I mad wasn't at either. It. I, I was, supported every move. Like I supported. Like, I was mad about, and we're gonna. This is obviously skipping ahead a little bit. I was mad about Talia's family because yeah, that was, yeah, just, yeah, that that was straight up just that was unnecessary cruel revenge. But like she says, each time she takes control of somebody, she loses a little bit of herself. So by the end of that. She's done so many things so many times that, you know, her eyes are bleeding, her ears are bleeding, her nose is bleeding. She's in a lot of pain. She's freaking out. And then Mindy goes and kills her foster mom, who's never hurt anybody in her entire life. It was a wonderful woman and took her in and just, you know, cared for her. And she really started to feel, to fall in love with her as a mother figure. Mindy just Bang, you know, sorry to spoil shit for you people, but you know, if you didn't read this, you shouldn't be watching this podcast right now. <laughs> That's right. Just, you know, kills Disclaimer. the mother, opens yeah. the door. It's like Sarah Connor, bang, you know, stabs her. And you're thinking, yeah. in her defense, in her defense, I mean, you gotta, I mean, here's this Mindy. Yep. You know, here's this Mindy. I mean, everybody's seen her. I mean, if you've seen the movie Mean Girls, you've seen Mindy. I mean, she, <laughs> she doesn't care for anybody else except for herself. Everybody went to high school. You know, you, everybody's got these people. And and this poor girl has been through hell in a handbasket. She's responsible for her dad's death. She, you know, she's been abused. She's been, her mom just, I mean, and she's timid. And she's always kind of, you know, kind of just, because she hurt her dad. And I think she really regrets it. This is kind of where I got it from. But she's like, and then. I think she just hit a point where she's like, you know what? I'm not going to let this bitch do this shit anymore. She's done it to so many people and she treats everybody like shit. I'm done with her and mm -hmm. I'm going to teach this bitch a lesson. And she knows it's going to, I mean, I think she knows that what she's doing is inevitably, it, it, it's going to end bad for her. I think, I think it does. I think, I think she knows it. But it's time for her. I think it's that point where she's like, you know what? For whatever it's worth, I'm going to teach this bitch. I'm going I'm to teach her. She's going to know. She's going to know. This isn't how you treat people. Especially after she, you know, I, I, for me, my heart hurt for her. It really did. Because I felt, you know, I could see, I could see a young girl who, you know, I could see that actually happening. I mean, maybe not, maybe not with the whole mind control and stuff like that, but, you know, how many, I can see it and I can, you know, to me, that's just a sad thing. You know, I think she just finally said, somebody's got to teach her a lesson and I, I'm done with it. And I think, it, I think she finally broke. I think it just finally, oh, yeah. you know, and, you know, I don't know. It's just. <laughs> I feel sorry for it for me. For me, it was a I I really did. Mindy, I've known too many people like that, you know, and yeah, I don't but be when cruel, it comes to Alice, you know. Oh yeah, she 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 deserved it. She deserved every bit. Every bit. Yep. So my first time through when I listened to it, you know, very much, yes, she is a victim. She's finding her power. She's went a little overboard at the end, but the uh, second or third time I listened to it, I'm like, holy shit, she just became Mindy. She became what she yeah. hates. Ooh, I can't have this. I didn't this. even think about that. Good call. I didn't think about that. I mean, I can't have this, so you can't either. You mess with me, I'm going to destroy your whole family and everything you love. Exactly what Mindy was trying to do to her. Mm -hmm. you know, those guys that were leering at her, she didn't have to have them kill each other or beat the crap out of one another. She could have just... Oh, challenge. Yeah. You know, which I, I enjoyed that scene, but, you know, again, <laughs> it's like... Um, she unfortunately lowered herself to the the rat's level, and that I think she unfortunately, but she probably because she kept giving so much of herself in order to get back at these individuals when there were probably other things she really could have done to rise above. Mm -hmm. but she could have, she could have had place. a future with her boyfriend, and you know, she definitely could have ended it maybe with Mindy and not continued to pursue beyond. Well, Mindy so, was getting kicked out of the house anyway. You know, the, right. the, the well, I mean, toward the, I mean, a lot happens in the middle, but 
the, the mother's like, when you turn 18, pack your yeah. shit and get the hell out of my house. I don't want to know your forwarding address. You're a mean, evil bitch. We've tried. We've tried to raise yeah. you right. We're good parents. You're just a bad seed. Hit the yeah. road, Jack, so, and don't you come back. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I'll tell you my perspective of it because um I think everybody has different backgrounds. So everybody has a different perspective of like how Callis was just going into her villain era throughout the entire book. Me personally, besides like killing uh the girl's parents and um she really didn't have to kill the guys at the baseball field but again they had that malicious intent where it's like i'm sure they've hurt people in the past and it's not something that they were ever going to stop doing anyway not saying that she had to do it but it was like eh, there's a reason like i'm not being mad at it but personally for me i don't think mindy would have ever stopped I don't think Mindy oh, would have God, ever no. stopped trying. Oh, no. Yeah, she no. she would have never stopped. So for so for somebody to say that she um that either Callis um basically turned into Mindy, I don't think that's I don't think that's necessarily accurate. I think that Callis throughout the entire thing was literally defending herself. It was it was completely tit for tat, tit for tat. Like there was plenty of times where um Callis just said some smart shit back to Mindy and just embarrassed her. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Or gave her like that trip in the cafeteria. It was but it's like every time something like that happened, Mindy goes above and beyond. Like and like I don't even think something major happened that she's like, I gotta kill the bitch. Like it's like, where do you get to like where does a teenage girl get to like that killing aspect just because somebody is dating like because of your jealousy your insecurities whatever is going on with your teenage mind you know what i mean i fully support all of the defense like i feel like um Callis was playing defense the entire time mm -hmm. except for you know when she got to the girl's parents you know what i mean and honestly i think that um it was like i get the teenage mind and how um a lot of kids just don't know. They kind of follow the leader when it comes to a lot of things. They don't know who they are. So it's like, you're the cheer captain. I need this popularity. Like in high school, you think that popularity is what's going to get you the best job and the best husband and the best wife and all this other stuff. Right. But it's like, if they, if any of her friends would have just stepped up and been like, nah, Mindy, I'm cool and shoot over here. You know what I mean? There's plenty of times where it's just like, I'm not for that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm gonna go over here and hang out with these people. I'm make my own friends. You know, none of them did that. So I think it was just like Mindy was just trying to continuously get Callis like just hurt. Like she just she kept wanting to hurt her. And I'm sorry if somebody keeps poking you with a with a fire <laughs> stick, you're gonna knock their ass out eventually. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's what Callis was trying to do. The only didn't time Mindy's mom favored favor her brother, and didn't you kind of get that Mindy's mom might have favored her little brother a little bit? Well, I the think she definitely did, she... but because he was such a bitch. <laughs> right. Yeah, oh, no, mom. no. But what, you know, so, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, if you, you know, Mindy's always trying to, I mean, and I'm not trying to defend Mindy, please don't, you know, but I mean, <laughs> you look at what created Callus? What created Callus? <laughs> Callus, you know, although she had the power, powers and stuff, I think if her mom would have handled it differently, it could have turned out differently. Her par uh, Mindy's parents, they kind of pushed and pushed. So you got two girls on different ends of the spectrum. They're going to the same conclusion, I think. And that's where you kind of end where, you know, they both kind of, you know, because they were both exact mirror images of each other, but totally opposite. They were going in the same direction. I think if you, I think if the book was written from the point of Mindy, you would have seen a girl that was spoiled, but she had to fight for her parents' approval because the the son was smart. He was jock, and everybody, woo, you know. I, I mean, I'm just looking at it in a place like, in a way like that. Maybe you know, he kind of used where you got the same mirror images. Kind of, I look think about Eliza, mm -hmm. and what was the uh, Mark's wife in a uh, Tracy. Tracy? No, no, the one he marries, the Red Witch. Azeel. Eliza and Azeel. Two different people, exactly the same. They're the immediate opposite of each other. I mean, you basically got Callis Rose and Mindy right here. You got Mindy and Eliza. You got you got Callis and Azeel. I mean, he's got the same two characters. And I think it, and they they fight each other. You know, they're they're always battling. They're always battling, and Mike and Mike against uh, who's the big guy now? I'm having. I think I'm gonna get Alzheimer's. Durgan. 
the big guy who's always totally totally opposites you know you got two people totally off opposite battling. good good versus evil yeah every I story has to really well with this yeah definitely and when it gets up to it it's um where was it the first thing like the first day of high school callus gets on the bus and you get that Forrest Gump moment where, you know, all the seats are taken. Can't sit here, can't sit here. And she sits next to Kevin, and that's how she meets Kevin. Mm-hmm. And Kevin is instantly taken with her because he knows that it, she pisses her, his sister off. So Kevin is taken with her because of his sister, in spite of his sister. So you kind of like what you were saying, where you get that brother-sister animosity with the parents and things like that but then he starts to like her and you realize you feel for Callis. she's a sweet girl and she just wants to be cared for and her life has been shit since she was 11 years old and she's been passed through the system and then up comes you know this really great guy that she really cares for he's a really nice kid he's you know football player he's a jock but he's not an asshole but his sister plays the asshole part and I think something in her snaps. You know, she's had uh, the instances with the other foster home. She's had the things with Dawn, who was the child molester. And then she's with, you know, Dawn's wife, Sarah. She's really sweet and she stays with her for two years. And then the state comes and picks her up and says, you're not safer. It's like, she was never safer anywhere else (laughs) than she was with Uh Sarah. Like, what the hell, man? But- when she goes it goes and lives with the Lowrys, the Lowrys are just, they're nice people. They're out of it because their son was killed. He was in a military accident. He was killed. So they just kind of digressed into themselves. And all they do is you just sit there and watch TV. But by the end of the book, they start to come around and they start to be nice and sweet and a little more open and things. And then bang, you know, Mindy. Mrs. Lowry gets killed. Spoilers, Mrs. Lowry gets killed. But the husband is still thinking she's alive. He's still talking to her in his mind that, you know, hun, CSI's on, you know, get some popcorn, hurry up in the bathroom. What are you doing? What are you waiting for? And the blood isn't even dry on the floor yet. It's just this whole so book sad. took me on a trip that I haven't been on in a while in any of Mark's stories. Because when you get with like, you got zombies, you got aliens. It's a fantasy story. It's something that you know is never going to come true. Granted, you know, zombies and aliens may happen someday. Who knows? But not to this extent. Are you hoping? Possible. Yes, I am. I am so hoping for a zombie apocalypse. Are you kidding me? I would love it. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's this story was, it could have been a, somebody's kind of a biography, autobiography except for the whole mind control thing. That's what I kind of wonder, is that did Mark take bits and pieces of stories that he may have heard from people in his life or, you know, who knows what else, and put them all together and then added this additional sci-fi factor with the mind control? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Let me ask. I mean, besides... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, um, besides the... uh, uh, I forget what the hell they called it. This is basically a badass Carrie story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it, it's funny when I was looking up reviews and I was actually talking to Mark about it today. He's like, "Yeah, somebody wrote my first one star review came from this book where somebody called it a poor man's Carrie." Oh come on! <laughs> you know, like I kind of way said better, it's, honestly, because it it's a my, it's a girl, it's a high school girl that falls in love with the boy and has the mean kids and she can use telekinesis and do mind control and stuff like that. But I think this took it to another level. Absolutely. Like with any story, it's, is there, there's really not too many original stories out there. It's you take a little bit of bits and pieces of everything else and you write around it. And I think, and and I like Stephen King's books. Don't get me wrong or anything like that. I'm not going to bash on anybody or anything, but, I like Mark's stories that are similar in other contexts a little bit better. Maybe because I'm biased, because I'm friends with Mark and I really like his books. 
and I, you know, I love this podcast and I like talking to all you guys about it, but I like how he writes it. And I like what he does because I was expecting this to go a certain way and it didn't. Every time I thought something was going to happen, he took a left or he took a right. Her motherfucker <laughs> took a left turn at 95 miles an hour. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So like, tra- like Tracy on the highway when somebody's chasing him. So uh-huh. true story. So I started reading, but I actually got, I started reading it back in 2009. That's when I started with Mark's books. It was, I, I'd read a lot of uh, military spy type movies. Uh, you know all the different, I, I, all those type movies and law military type books, but my friend told me about this zombie book, and I was like, okay, you know, I'll try it. And it was zombie Fallout, and she had fought me forever to get me to write it, and I read it, and I was hooked. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember, I remember when I was waiting for Zombie Fallout Six to come out. I was just oh, wow. the grass. I mean, I mean. That's that's how long ago. And I mean, I just I, Stephen King, and I've read a lot, and I like Stephen King. I like his books. I really do. I, I, I enjoy them. But his writing, the way he can, you know, he can be talking about fighting zombies or throwing up, and he he kills all these zombies and then he throws up, you know, or something like that. I mean, the, the way germaphobe, right? Yeah, and it's like my favorite part in one of the somebody put on the web page. What's your favorite funniest moment in the book? The McDonald's, the McDonald's <laughs> incident with the pickles and the fat women and the spandex. You know, that's happened to, me, to all of us. Oh my god! So, but this book, when I, I like, I said it just this was. I remember finding it and reading it, and I was like, wow. I mean, it was, I don't know. I've read it a couple of times. And when, after reading this book, I really did. I this and, this and Tim, I had to take a break from books for a while. Because it just, it really caused such a, an emotional connection, you know? Because it really, I could see it really happening, I guess. You know, it's, it's realistic. Like y'all said, I mean, it, other books are fantasy. You know, I'd like to, a zombie apocalypse. But. It's just this one you could you could actually see it. You you could actually look out and see this kind of stuff and kids going through this. So but I'll I, yeah. I started listening in 2011. Same thing. Friend says, listen to this zombie book. And I'm like, zombies, okay, whatever. And but then it's the way he writes again. It's the number one, I'm from Massachusetts. So I totally get the sarcasm and the New England accent and all that can completely relate to that. So that's part of it. But yet it's the, it's the down to earth. Like he talks like us, he thinks like us. There's, he doesn't put on airs. He's just, and we've met him. So we know it's real. Um, Yeah. 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 Yeah, And I want to meet him so bad. I've talked to him on the, and that's just another thing. He's so approachable. He, it's like, you know, you're like, this guy's got all these books and, you know, he's talking to me on Facebook and that is the coolest thing. Or mm-hmm. when my when something happened and I posted it on the website, he comments, congratulations. You know, it's not it, it's not his ad company. It's not some random person. It's mm-hmm. it's him doing it. You know, he's writing this message to you. And I mean, to me, that's just that's the coolest thing. I mean, you know, it's he's so he's so down to earth. Like you said, I mean, he's just like a regular guy. If you saw him walking down the street and you'd be like, I haven't met him. I want to meet this guy. You know, no you start walking down the street and you give him spare change. That's just the way he is. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he's got the shaggy beard. Oh, he's got that main look. I you know? <laughs> loved the picture. Um, magic Mark. Oh, that was good. <laughs> that was riot. Oh my God. That was so funny. Loved it. Like magic Wait, Mike. Only- but I had magic mark. And magic I tried music. like hell. I was doing that while driving and I tried to like at red lights and in between stops. I tried to just cut his head out and put it on Channing Tatum's body and it didn't work. And I was like, wait, no, no, no. This, this is way better. A little bit better. So uh, thank you. I'm glad you like that. Perfect. Loved it. <laughs> I laughed out loud looking at that. Yeah. Nice. So let me ask this. How many people were like, what the fuck? The last like 
seven minutes of the book. I was literally post-tripping my truck, sitting in my truck, getting my stuff out, ready to go home. And then, like, the hospital scene was going on, and I just sat there. Now you didn't know which way that was going to go either. You're like, holy you shit. no idea. Yeah, no really idea. Didn't. I literally was sitting in my truck, sweating my ass off, because I already turned the truck off, the batteries off, everything. And I'm just like, I can't move. I cannot focus on anything else until this last seven minutes. So it's many over. of Mark's books, I'll be sitting in the driveway and like, is mom coming in anytime soon? I'm like, still listening to my book. Not coming in. I can't come in yet. Yeah, you know, can't like that. It. I'll walk yep. in with it on my phone and I'll have it playing through the house as I'm walking around. Mary just kind of <laughs> understands at this point. So, but one thing I wanted to ask everybody, and uh, I know the actual story behind this or the, the actual relation to this. Um, but did anybody, everybody here is, have you read Tim? Everybody here has read Tim? Oh, yeah. Is, is that who hit Kevin? Thank you. Field? Did That's you not I pick that, that up? My note here I did ask. not. Yes. Wait, what happened? I never well, read Tim. When Kevin gets hit by the linebacker, it goes helmet to helmet. And when he breaks his neck, do you yeah. remember in Tim where he talks about breaking a quarterback's neck by going helmet to helmet? Mm -hmm. That was oh, shit. Wow. wow. Also, wow. also, my, so, so my oh, wife yeah. just brought this up. To, my wife just brought this up to me, and I don't know if anybody else remembers this part. I have to reread uh, ZF because I haven't reread them all yet. But she says that BT, that Trip had told BT that she's still around, like she's okay. Not talking about BT's wife, mm -hmm. saying that that girl is still okay, right? And my wife was like. Does that have anything to do with that callous character that you're talking about? Because I just sort of that BT is the only character in the book. And I'm like, it would make sense because he was absolutely distraught in the end of the book. I'm not going to ruin it. He was absolutely distraught at the end of the book. And I'm wondering if there was like a timeline jump for BT at some point in ZF where he flashed back to his uh, inconsolableness at that time. Mm -hmm. Crowded world. In Shrouded World, he we have a big chubby BT, correct? And he can't pick yeah. up a gun because he has had these horrible dreams that he had killed a young woman. Wow. That's probably what it is yeah. then. Okay. My oh wife's my God. Oh. I forgot my about that. Thinking, yeah, well my done, wife first well the done. wacky tobacco, so she wasn't too, mm -hmm. uh, she couldn't remember where she heard it from, but she knows she heard it. So I got to tell her, because she read Shrouded World. I haven't gotten there yet. Mm -hmm. You know what Mark would say right now? Oh, you guys give me way too much credit. I didn't. That's exactly what he would say. But, but well, he said he that it. about the Tim connection. I asked him today, I know, but he does it. And he said, "Oh shit, no, I didn't." I said, "Well, then you just hate quarterbacks because you destroyed <laughs> two. Of, you paralyzed two of them in your book, <laughs> sick bastard. <laughs> sick bastard." Hmm. I, think, uh, I think psychologically, in the back of his mind, when you're writing or you're doing something. I, I think he had that in his head that this scene is uh, going to connect to this scene, but it's unintentional. But I think he, I think he meant to do it, but it wasn't it intentionally done. Does that make sense to anybody? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do also like the fact that this book actually ends. Like it's not something that like, there's a big cliffhanger where you don't no, know what the, the heck is going on. There is a bit because didn't at the very end, Kevin hear a whisper, I can help you walk. Right? Yeah, but it's not, but it's not as big to where like I'm like, what the oh yeah. Like, right. you know what I mean? It's not that bad. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like I I it can be a one and done, and I will gladly reread it before Callus 2 comes out. You know, but, like I mean? get me yeah. president Tufo on the is there a Callus 2? Right no, there isn't. No. It should be. What would have been great but, is if an orderly came in at the end to clean up Kevin's room and it was trip. <laughs> like trip works at the hospital you know or trip was the morgue worker bringing callus down Ooh, shit uh he's got some magic drugs wait a minute, jeff i told you there was gonna be spoilers all right <laughs> it, i mean no, she doesn't was, get adopted was... and live happily ever after that's why there's no book too okay yeah. you know, i was i was wondering i knew shit was about to get realer in the book when they when they took her away from that happy home with the with the mom that um, yeah. she was with the, the, the kid that shit himself all the time. I knew shit was about to get real. <laughs> no, he I was shit like, in the corner all the time. He didn't <sighs> shit himself. He was, he he was, was the shit. table. 
He wasn't disgusting like that. He just would drop trow and shit in the corners of the room and try shit on the table. She took care yeah, of that, yeah. didn't she? Or the little crazy was shitting been on the lawn, been. as he put it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was, I knew, she, I knew stuff was about to get really, really real when they took. Because there was absolutely no reason. Like everybody, like I'm listening to the book. I'm like, why are you taking? She finally found safety. Like, right. Why? It would have been a pretty short, boring book if that was the case. True. 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 <laughs> so, as we wrap things up uh because we've basically covered the whole book and spoiled the shit out of the end uh final thoughts on everything summer we'll start with you again i just the way it was how he can write with such reality um like the gross dad don or what dom whatever his name is um unfortunately having been in that situation as a youth he wrote it so effing accurate from what it's like to sit there and just hope they think you're asleep and yeah it was great like you said um amber about when she he broke she broke his penis i was just so pleased i applauded um, so i was happy. like yeah. i was yes yeah. I mean, just, and the way and the way the foster mom just went for the kids and took care of them it's like you're just completely done just that that support i mean that was just yes um the bus scene it sounds i went through that i went from I went to a public school for the first time in like seventh grade. And that's actually where I met my husband. <laughs> um, so weird story, but it was really awkward on the bus and went through all this. But it's just so like based on reality. It just it's you can I don't know. It's just neat that you can really throughout the book, depending even doesn't matter what the reader is. I mean, look, at we have men, women here. We're we're, we're all something hits us at home something hits us in reality something hits us in experience and it just it was so good but yeah like uh you said or whoever i think it was aaron said he took a 90 degree turn at 90 miles per hour we were on two wheels and do it just left and right i i really really liked it so it was a surprise it was so much different than the other books of his uh we didn't have apocalypse but we had just buckle in yeah yeah aaron what about you I'll I'll say I want to revisit something that Summer said earlier. Summer said, and I quote, she came a little, you know, she went a little overboard at the end. <laughs> and I just was like, are you like, listen, she burned a girl's hand to a crisp for talking shit. She murdered a different girl's entire family. I really feel like she was getting to roll up to Kevin's house and murder his whole family because his dad cheated. Like, I, I just knew that shit was going to happen cut open the orderly's face with his own fucking hand like dude ripped his face off just so she could be like hey open the door and person the door is like that's fucking terrible yeah i have to open the door now and then fucking (laughs) he was gonna kill i mean she was gonna kill the 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 good witch um uh the good witch of the west whatever her name was yeah yeah she was gonna kill wendy like there was there was milliseconds in between her stopping wendy's heart and i got a feeling that she pushed bt to shoot her in the head so she left you know bt with that for the rest of his life um i i felt like there was some sort of outside influence and i hope that i'm i'm not you know ruining maybe a book too but i feel like there was an outside influence making everybody around callous their worst fucking possible self because no one was like all right i'm gonna let this character develop her a little bit or i'm gonna do something terrible maybe in a little bit i mean it's like off right off the rip people are talking about you know old boys talking about having sex with his wife chicks talking about i mean chick dies within a i think a week from heroin overdose um i mean and it might just be the pace of the story but i mean everybody mindy went from just being mean girl to you know the worst human being ever I mean, just every every the 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 brother, Wendy's brother, instead of just saying, hey, let me talk to you for a second, says get in the car, which you could never say to as a grown ass man to a teenage girl. Like, I mean, that's fucking ridiculous. Like old girl Talia or not Talia, but then Mindy kills the mom. Like, I just I felt like there was a demon just following Callus around saying, all right, you're about to get some shit again. Like, because mm-hmm. just every fucking time she encountered a human being, they were fucking terrible. Yeah. They were the worst kind of terrible. Yeah. Amber, what about you? Loved it. Loved it. I'm all about the villain era. And I feel like Callis, like, fucking stood her ground the entire time. She took no shit. And I'm all 
for it. Yes, she might have did some twisted stuff. Perspective is key. But she was never fucking weak. She never let anybody get... She was never fucking weak and she never let anybody get over her. Like, and I'm completely... I'm for that 110%. Like, seriously. She was She was just, like... She, she was emotionally unavailable a lot of the story. You know what I mean? She didn't have a lot of, like... She wasn't, like... You can imagine if you don't give any creature who is supposed to receive emotions, positive emotions at that, they end up misconstrued in some way or another, you know, and she didn't have almost any of that. You know what I mean? She, I think even with the, the, the super nice lady with the, um, uh, uh, the wife of the guy who, uh, dick she broke, it took her like two years for her to just even say, you know, warm up to her. You know what I mean? So I think that, I, I honestly think that, you know, Callis was a fucking badass and I like, was she a little dramatic? Yeah, but who's not? Mm-hmm. I fucked with her. Yep. Kara, what about you? Yeah, I think um, if Callis's mother had reacted in a very different way to try and figure out and control what Callis did after the father died, we wouldn't have had the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. None of that would have happened. So it had to go 95 miles an hour at a 90 degree angle because that gives us all of that intensity, all of that constant, like, what's she going to do next? How is she going to respond to this? Uh, you know, but again, I, I love the fact that she could stand up for herself, but I also think she did go overboard at the end, but I, I get why. And I think she also knew she was going to die. She was done. How am I going to end this? How am I going to finish this? Mm-hmm. And Robert, because you are new to the podcast, we'll give you the final thought. For me, I hope it does. I don't want to seem right or two. I mean, even though, even though I love, I don't want it to. I think it ended perfect. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think to, if you put a two on it, I think it, I think it kind of ends up like di- Demon Fallout. You know, it kind of train wrecks. He talks about how he should have left Demon Fallout alone. But I just, I think I'd like to see him. I think it's his, one of his best books. I'd like to see him just give us another Callous Rose, just in a different, not necessarily that book, just to kind of, I'm going to write a book about, I don't know, something. Because he gave us the dogs. He gave us the demons, werewolves and stuff. I'd like to, I want to see what else he does. I mean, I, I want him to just surprise us with some backyard shit that he can, he can screw us up and, fling us around and throw us and <laughs> we're doing 90 miles an hour, but yep. we ain't turning the thing off. We're hanging in nope. there. We're hanging off for the ride. Yep. Nope. We're going straight. Oh. Nope. Actually one thought I had, and uh, this is probably going to make the podcast another 20 minutes. Do we think that Callis had BT turn the gun on her? Yes. Subconsciously? Yeah, absolutely. 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 100%. 100%. Because it wasn't, it wasn't like a, I almost missed her. It was dead center forehead. Mm-hmm. But then there was that energy that escaped up. So, yeah. There's an opening. So, Callis Rose 2, it goes up to the, 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 the disturbed teenager ward in the hospital. <laughs> and her ass is now in someone else. You know? <laughs> I don't need that. I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that. There's too many. There, yeah. Callus was already at the deep end. Like, how much of Callus's essence is even going to get to the next motherfucker? Like, it's that. That's pure demon energy leaving. Like, yeah. For real. And I am happy though that uh, this, I'm often I'm bringing it back up, but Mindy unfortunately only lasted two years in prison. I fucking cheered. I fucking cheered. I said that's what I'm fucking talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Bitch had it coming. The only thing I wish, I wish Mindy's dad would have been Durgan. That would have made it perfect if Wendy's dad would have been Durgan or Wendy, Mindy's mom was sleeping with Durgan on the side. So if Talia's was, dad was Durgan. Really? You, went to, you only saw Talia's dad once at the end because the mother was sleeping with Mr. Um, was sleeping with the, the dad. With so Kevin Talia's, Talia's oh, okay. dad yeah. was sleeping with with uh, Mindy's dad. So you only saw the Talia's dad at the end. He came out, make that Durgan. And you're like, oh. Yeah, that would have been good. But yeah. Yeah, the but thing, then you wouldn't have been mad he died. 
Yeah, that's true. Which is fine. Mind control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They really hated each other. Oh, that was great that you said, I, I, I let go of you guys and you did that on your own. Even when he's got the baseball bat and he's saying, I would, you'd never, a man would never hit anybody straight up yeah. and down. He'd come at it like a baseball. Like he wanted to bash her head in. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, which you know, we've all Relatable. been in that relationship at some point in our lives, but mm-hmm. you know, we don't do it, <laughs> but yeah, you, you, I thought about that and I was like, Oh, this dude really wants to swing for the fence and he's yeah. done with her. He's had it. You know, how many times have you heard that terrible excuse? We did it for the kids. We stayed together for the kids. Like that's, that's the, the worst time. excuse possible. We're, yeah. That's it's not good for the kids. No, it's not. not. It's definitely not. The only thing worse than being in a bad marriage is being in a bad marriage one more day. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, but we did it guys. I want to thank you all for, uh, for all coming back, Robert. It was really nice to meet you. Finally, hopefully, uh, hopefully this is not the last time. When do you do them? You do them on Wednesdays, Wednesday nights, usually between six and nine. It depends upon the time zone with people. Um, if okay. we get some people out in California or the West Coast, uh, with the exception of summer, um, we'll do it like a nine o'clock show. But it, it, I just I try to accommodate everybody to get as many people on as I you know different people on as I can to to make everybody happy. So I'm a people. Yeah, shoot, I, I wanted I I love his books and I love talking about them. So I mean I really do. I enjoy every one of his books. I can't believe Resurgence. I can't wait till August. I'm so excited. Resurgence. Oh, Mark. Lichen yes. fallout. Yes. 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 So should so. we start doing Lichen next week? Yes. Because I was yeah. going to do uh, United <laughs> States of Apocalypse, but with Lichen coming out, Let's we can try to time this right to get it so that when Lichen comes out, we just review the and spoil the shit out of it for everybody. But we're like a week or two, people have a chance to read it and listen to it. So yeah, we could we could totally line it up to do like it. But I'm trying to get to I actually started reading a shot at world. So I'm on the third book of a shot at world. I actually got into it now. So <laughs> yeah, shot at world takes a while. You gotta listen it to takes that a few times to it understand does. what the hell's going on because that's that's yep. a yeah. fuck. Yep. It really is. Yeah. So I'm on the third, I'm like a quarter into the third book and I got past uh, the first time I tried to get through it I only got past like the first book and I couldn't do it anymore I'm like I don't like it so I'm yeah. trying to get through it now and it's it's gotten a lot better it's a lot more interesting now yeah you can f- feel how everything ties in and, and, and all of that so it, yeah yeah all right so next oh, week God, we'll if we're gonna start with... liking if we're gonna start liking that's depressing that whole first chapter of liking one where oh, he's remembering his death and all and I think what kills me the most is the death of Henry. Oh my, what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do like, and I'll start liking because. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Looks like yeah. you got your pants. Here's a preview for next week's show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come with a slit wrist after Henry. <laughs> after the first check. All right. So next week we will do like, and I'll shoot everybody an email. If you guys want to all come back on more than well, nice. it would be great. So, awesome. Uh, one of the things we have an Instagram page now. If you guys are interested in following the show on Instagram as well as Facebook, it's uh, Chronicles of Michael Talbot podcast. Same thing, or Michael Talbot podcast. I can't remember which one it is. Just type in <laughs> Michael Talbot, and it'll okay. pop up. Trying to get as much out there as social media wise. Trying to get a hashtag Mark Tufo up past a thousand posts because he really doesn't have much besides what's on Facebook. So. If you guys are ever posting anything or ever want to interact or anything like that, hashtag Mark Tufo. Let's try to get that really going and and blowing up. He's uh, on Cameo now. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. He's like, what were they thinking? I'm like, get used to it, buddy. You know, like you're, yeah. you're creating a fan base. This is yep. happening. Yep. You know, his website, the one where the original website that he put up is still mm-hmm. up. The the uh, Mark Tufo books. I was back looking at it the other day and it was like, Oh, we just released this zombie fallout. It was kind of cool to sit there and cut. Don't you love the, the map of all the books? Yeah. Whole, oh. Well, his his new, we, his new website still isn't up to date. So, no. <laughs> but I do got to say this: the second that I see Mark doing a TikTok dance, there's going to be uh, some interventions happening. That will be quite interesting. <laughs> 
get him a strong enough edible. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So. Hey, I do have one question real quick. What's up? So, what his his son was starting to write. Did he did he actually get books published? Justin, I think it was. He he came out that Justin wrote a book. Mm-hmm. Did we ever find out if he published that book? I'm not sure. To be honest, because I know Justin wrote a book. Yep. And I, I want to know if it's out there published because I'd like to read that book just because it's you know Smart Tufo, his son. I'm going to support him. So It'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I, know, I, if, I don't know if if it, the book got published or not. So it might be uh, worth reaching out to him and asking him. Okay. So, but guys, thank you everybody out there for watching thank you guys. Or, or listening. Thank you all very much. If you guys can, everybody listening or watching, drop a rating and review. It helps get the show out there. It helps other people find the show. It helps it pop up in ratings. And hey, if you like this, you might like this. So that's okay. how the show grows. And that's how we all get to do it. Uh, we will be back next Friday with uh, another group of people, Wednesday. group of people or same and different. If you want to get yourself on the show, send me an email, Michael Talbot podcast at iCloud.com. Everybody. Thank you all very much. You guys have a good night. Later. See ya. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. Copyright 2023 by Chestnut Hill Studios. No part of this show can be rebroadcasted, replayed, remixed, remastered, or rewind without express written consent from Chestnut Hill Studios and is subject to FCC violations and being called a big, fat, stupid doo-doo head. Our theme song, Zombieverse Aliens, was written brilliantly by Burnt Ends. The show was hosted by Jeff Royds with technical advisor Mary Napoli. If you like the show, please please give us a five-star rating and review. And keep up to date on all the news and updates on our official Facebook page, Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. And if you have not done so already, please download or buy the collective works of Mr. Mark Tufo.